Hello and welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe. And um, yeah, I'm your host, Wolu. I'm joined by Blake Murphy, producer. Blake Murphy. But uh, Blake, once again, still the only person on this uh, on this program that has their own theme song. So, how you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? I'm I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm good. Personally, I'm good. Yeah. Just watching the Raptors, though, I I don't know. I'm a little down bad. Like, let's it's... okay. I I want to. I'm gonna steal control yeah, from ahead, you for ahead. a second here. I'm gonna run point. So before we get into all the negative stuff about the Raptors, mm. you. And Alex Wong put on an event last night. He did, yeah. Chris Boucher was there. Some other special appearances. Shout uh, out to the, Jimmy King. Uh, yeah, what a shocker that one was. Yeah, that one that came out of nowhere. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, shout out yeah, to Jimmy. I love, reignite I love. this Vancouver-Toronto rivalry. Yeah, he was like, you know why Toronto kept their team? Because they have fans. I was yeah. like, yo. I forgot that this is like a real rivalry from back in the day. This is, uh, it can get heated, man. I, I was talking to Brad Faye the other day because he went and he saw this Grizzlies uh, documentary that's out yeah, and truth, yep. and he Brad Fay is from at West and oh, okay. I don't know if you know this but Brad Fay can hoop like, like, a, like you tell me Brad Fay's a true hooper like played Canadian college hoops oh wow yeah wow put some so, respect on Brad Fay yeah okay um right. but yeah like I think originally he was going down the path of like he'd probably be the a Grizzlies guy instead of a Raptors yeah, guy of course, of course. and we were kind of talking about what the media landscape would be like and would be like would we be the Raptors station or like would we have 41 mm. Raptors and 41 Grizzlies um, there would be it would be funny if the rivalry also became media rivalry and like the the Grizzlies blog boys and the Raptors blog boys uh, or blog people sure, at yeah. each other in the similar way. Like when I used to blog about the Canucks and the Leafs at the same time when I lived out in Vancouver, like there was nothing that bothered Canucks fans more than the fact that I also wrote about the Leafs. Really? Yeah. So I wonder if we'd have had that with Grizzlies and Raptors blogs. We missed a whole a whole era of Twitter fighting. Yeah, you know, I think uh, that might be the one good thing about the Grizzlies yeah. not being in Vancouver anymore. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's. listen, I mean, this is still a real thing, as I've learned. Because um, this, this again, this rubber was, like, before I started following basketball, really. Um, but Borderline before you were born. Not quite, but almost. No, no, and I wasn't even in the country, right? So I wasn't even aware of anything. I don't even think I knew about the sport of basketball until I came here. But, um, no, we did. I did get one very, very rare negative review which unfortunately for this person listening please change this okay because it had nothing to do with the show it's literally just i live in bc my regular listening is sportsnet 650 out there and they're here just like yo they don't want to hear this toronto raptor show so they left a one-star review how does that have anything to do with me it's no not like i chose to put this on in vancouver it doesn't so it's please yeah. change your review colin underscore bc yeah i really make sure he's from bc you go into a restaurant you order one thing off the menu and complain about something else on the menu yeah, yeah, that yeah. you didn't order exactly i don't exactly. i don't really get it anyway so jimmy king aside grizzlies aside mm. you guys hold this event last night yep capacity sold out raised money for the slim duck foundation yep, yep. um have to say on behalf of the raptors community it's I mean, you know, I'm proud of you, but you oh, guys man, use you. continuing to use this platform and this community you guys have built to, you know, give back and continue to grow the basketball community, especially in 
very diverse ways uh, as well um, around the city. It's great, man. So yeah. great job to you and Alex and everyone else who was involved with that event. Bro, I appreciate you. Um, I think we got to give a huge shout out to Elaine Kwan who helped organize everything. The original JQ of Raptors um, PR, just in terms of like, you know, she was the first one there for one that, uh, you know, franchise was starting back way back when in 95. And um, no, Elaine was huge in putting this together. Uh, big shouts to to Colin as well from Hong Shing catering the event. I thought everyone there, the reviews on the food was excellent. I know Derek got the VIP reviews of the of the food in the back. So I, I know Derek uh, was pretty happy with that as well. Hold know? up. I know we can't turn the camera, but did Alex get a to-go plate from last night? Alex has a, a paper plate and fork in behind the glass no, right no. now. We, we, we promised uh, because our, 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 our YouTube producer. Uh, hey, guys, just producer. wanted to chime in oh, here. Okay. Um, actually, this today's Frank Baraska's last day helping <laughs> us behind the scenes. So I went to Italy to, to pick up some uh, tiramisu. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. That's what I'm eating, guys. Shout wow. out to Frank. Shout out to Frank. Tiramisu. Uh, sounds like a Japanese dessert, but I don't think it is, right? Is it, tiramisu? Is it an Italian? I think it's a tiramisu. Yeah, I think it's Italian. It's Italian? All yes, right, well, it's Italian. I mean, yeah. he got it from Italy. Yo, that, I know that. You know well, that's like a pun on Italy, right? Oh, yeah. No, don't worry. I, I, made, I made the order. You know, Alex <laughs> made, to, made sure to pick it up. Uh, it was a funny day today because I was down at, I was down at OVO uh, this morning to, to, to chat with Thad Young, which we'll play tomorrow. It was a great interview. Thad gave some great answers. Um, excited for everyone to hear that one. Did, did you have to go into the cold tub to interview him? Like, like no, he was so, taking so long in the cold tub, you so got to sit in there. That's what happened last time. We we're like, we're going to, to to interview Thad Young. But the thing is, like, so practice, usually you get in there for like 12 o'clock. And obviously it's down at like Exhibition Place, that area, right? So it's like, it's a little bit further to, to come here. It's like at least half an hour. And, and I take the bus, so it's like 45 minutes. Um, uh, so because last time Thad... Took a while, just because, again, his usual routine. He's such a pro. He goes in the cold tub. This is how you play 16 years and counting, right? Um, we had to, like, literally come back to the studio and then call him from here, even though we were down there. So this time around, as soon as his, his warm-up was done, a PR staff was right beside him being like, look, Thad, I know you want to go in the cold tub, but you got to go and talk to this guy instead. So I appreciate that. No, that gave some great answers. But, but Alex was on deck just in case I couldn't make it back to the studio in time. We would have had a very rare appearance where he would have been doing Blake Murphy Tuesdays with you. So I would have been very curious in terms of what Alex would have asked you about, uh, about basketball because I know famously he's, uh, he's, he's not the biggest fan of the sport. <laughs> I feel like he would have spent like 15 minutes asking about like getting me to look up on the Roger website if he gets paid overtime for doing a Tuesday. Uh, and then we probably would have talked sure about his contract. We would have used the Jimmy King hook from last night to talk about his, his book. Yeah, well, I, I know I know Jimmy is going to be in the book, um, as with everybody. Yeah, it's so. a great book. <laughs> what did that say? Play yeah, the it's a great book. It's a great book. Yeah, uh, Matt Devlin was uh, in studio with us, and somehow um, Derek has actually clipped like every single thing everyone has ever said into small <laughs> bits. And so I think that was referring to to cover story, a book that I famously read, um, for sure. So anyway, look, listen. Thank you. Uh, the event was awesome. It was great to see everyone out there. I think it was just a, a good chance to sort of bring everyone together. Um, in the same space, and I think a lot of people made a lot of Raptor friends in that moment, got a lot of prizes, and got to see Chris in a, in a really, like, open element. I mean, you and I know this, obviously, because we've been covering the team, but Chris is a guy who's a really well-spoken person, mm -hmm. and more than that, too, is, like, he's he's very transparent and open with things, so we, we people asked him. All, there was all sorts of stuff. Like, they, we had an open, you know, question and answer period, and I think one guy at the end was, was, was doing his media thing, because he hopped in, he's like, Chris, I got to ask you about the players only meeting. What happened? Give us all the details, right? And listen, it's it's hard to, to hard to say no when there's 350 people just like looking at you right there. 
Um, but Chris was like, what, what player is only beating? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, um, I wasn't part of that. You know, there wasn't anything like that. So, well, we'll get to the bottom. Maybe the it was a, a struggling was. players only meeting because Chris Boucher has been him and Thad have been like the two consistent. Yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, they obviously the everyone has a bad night now and then. But yeah, night tonight, it's those two and Pascal. Yeah, no, seriously, I, I, I really don't worry about those guys. So um, we're going to get to an interview with that as well. We talked about the players only meeting there because he was reportedly one of the leaders of that trying to get them to start. What, but listen, there's a lot of issues with the team. And this is something that even when we sat down yesterday, Alex is like, please don't grill them. Just ask Chris softball questions where we're having a charity event. And my first question was, Chris, um, I've, I've been I've been talking to everyone in line. And number one th- point of concern is you guys lost to the Magic twice. What's going on with you guys? Are you guys okay? So a, a live trade machine session with Chris Boucher. <laughs> Just, hey, Chris, which one of your teammates would you trade away to fix this? And, and what are you looking for back? Oh, man. He's, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, Chris was confident. Right. Yeah, he's I like, bet. look, listen, we're, we're going to be okay. Yes, well, obviously we need to take care of business, but you know, give them credit, and we're going to be okay. I but thought the, Pascal's quotes that you guys were were tweeting and posting clips up from practice today yeah. were showed that same kind of, you know. And I know this is maybe this is sometimes hard with guys like Boucher who come up in the system because like your anchor to them is when they're inexperienced rookies, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. I first met Chris Boucher when he was with the Warriors G League team. Damn, so. Like that is my anchor point, but then you zoom out. It's like, yeah, he's one of the longest tenure guys, and like he's a leader on this team mm-hmm, now. He yeah. knows the system. He's been here. Uh, he's a voice. So um, when you hear that last night from him, when you hear what Pascal said today about you know not pointing fingers and, and everyone being in it together, and, and you know what else are you going to say? I guess, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. cool to see those guys who a couple years ago would have said just the most basic cliche and deferred to Kyle and DeMar than yeah. Kyle and Danny or whatever now being those guys. Right. But listen, with all due respect, the, the, the speaking has been good. I don't think anyone has said anything out of turn. I think everyone sort of maintained the same message and I believe it. I don't think it's like a message in terms of trying, mm-hmm. trying to hide something. I think they all believe in this, but I think we do need to see it in the action as well. The oh, Raptors yeah. are now under 500 after losing twice to the Orlando Magic. And when I, again, when I was speaking to fans, everyone's concern is the same. Like, what's going on with the team? And so, look, I think I want to go through an exercise here with you and just look at some of the bigger issues with the team right now and find both a short-term fix in terms of, like, and I'm talking about short-term, like, tomorrow against Sacramento and then Friday, you know, and, and the next game. And that's short-term and then a long-term, which means maybe the trade deadline or even beyond that. And let's try to go through some of these uh, these these concerns. But what, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say I have a major short-term concern, and oh, it was okay. the other thing from practice today that OG's out for the week, Precious is still out until the new year probably, and Otto Porter needs at least a month more with his toe. But right. we don't think he needs surgery. Like, did his toe fall off? Um, You know, it's interesting because I think with Otto, like last year, um, the, the Warriors did such a good job managing his injuries. Because he has, uh, he's, he's been a player where over the course of his career, he's missed a lot of time, mm-hmm. um, especially after the first few seasons in Washington. And, um, you know, you just got to be real careful with a guy like that, right? Like with the Warriors, for example, they didn't play on the second out of back-to-backs, right? Mm-hmm. They held him out. They gave him that kind of treatment. And we saw that he's able to produce for you late into the season as late as June. Like he was playing for the Warriors. 20 minutes a game. Yeah, exactly. Throughout the course of the playoff run. So I think they just got to find a good plan in terms of how to manage him and his body. Um, but I think he's a pretty important piece of the Raptors. Like, if, if we're going to talk about three-point shooting, we do miss Otto's three-point shooting. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some rim protection stuff, too, or what the pick-and-roll offense looks like. And you don't have Precious Achua in the fold for another yep. couple yep. weeks, it sounds like. 
yeah, the short-term fixes here are going to be, is there duct tape around anywhere or <laughs> Band-Aids or anything like that? I got to imagine, uh, you know, Alex McKechnie and, and Scott McCullough are busy like every single day. Yeah. They might be the busiest people on the Raptors. A bulk order of red shoelaces. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay, so let's start there because of the injuries. That's actually the number one thing I had on my list. OG's injury, out at least a week. He'll be reevaluated after that. Um, short term, it seems like the solution is to to start Gary. That's what we saw in the Orlando game, the second one where OG missed. Um, you have Gary in that starting group. What other sort of accommodations do you need to see from that starting group with, with Gary in place of OG? This is tough with the number of injuries you have right now, especially to three guys who potentially play power forward slash center for you in the case of Precious and sometimes even OG. I don't know that Christian Coloco can keep starting. Okay, okay. I think that Nick Nurse's confidence in him has gotten pretty low. The hook's pretty quick. Yeah, he gets in foul trouble, but like getting in foul trouble is not an asterisk. It's part of the issue, Mm -hmm. fouling a lot. Um, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that Coloco would get a G League stint this week. The, the 905 right. play at home Wednesday and Friday. Unfortunately, those times are at the exact same time as the Raptor games. Yeah. So if they're worried about depth, which they probably are, I don't I don't know if Coloco goes down or maybe they send Coloco down and call Champagne back up or something like that. Sure, sure. Um, but for right now, I wonder if they try something new there because I think Gary moving into OG's spot is fine. We've seen Gary start. We know, especially now that his shooting has come around a little bit, we know he can give a little bit of room to breathe to Pascal and Fred and Scotty. Um, he knows how to play off of those guys, even if the lineup data isn't super strong mm-hmm. with that group. Um, the bigger question, I think, is what do you do with the other position? Because if it's Coloco, we've seen that right now. And he's he's solid defensively. Like, you can absolutely see the building blocks there that they're yep. looking at. Yep. But offensively right now, it's not really a team that can afford to have a non-factor offensively. And at this point with his finishing, like teams aren't even really guarding him on the roll anymore. So um, weirdly, OG goes out, Gary goes back in the starting lineup. That's the easy part for me. Mm-hmm. The bigger question is, what do you do with the other spot? Do you keep starting Coloco? Uh, it's one of those things where I, I just don't know um, what the Raptors should be doing at center because the alternative is like you start that at center, which means you're starting small at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you start Kem at center, which means you're starting Kem at center. Um, and then the other solution, potentially, well, this is more with OG's healthy, but you could just go back to your centerless start, which you had for pretty much all of last season. Um, I mean, to be honest, the numbers around that group weren't excellent. And, it, you know, you and I were in these exact same positions talking about how we can sort of change that lineup. But to me, it's just like if if those are your options. I, I wouldn't mind seeing some more small ball. I think I'd probably go with that in this group just to have somebody who can kind of organize it. We've seen Thad being very effective with the starting groups. I wouldn't mind seeing that switch, but that does mean that you are smaller. You no longer have the rim protection, right? And, and of course, you have your small backcourt again, which I think that does cause some issues for Toronto. But I think in the short term, without OG, because you're missing such a big piece, that is sort of what you need to do. Start Gary and then look at what else you do at center. Long term, I think my suggestion is just similar to the offseason. It's like we got to get OG some reliable backups. And maybe mm-hmm. they did. Maybe they got Otto and, and Wancho, and they were like, those are your OG backups, right? Obviously, none of the most guys are as good as OG, but proven vets in this league who can play a, a solid 3-4 position for you. Just turns out those two guys are hurt now. <laughs> like, come Although on. Wancho's supposed to be back tomorrow. Wancho's so, back tomorrow? Thank goodness. So, well, okay. we think. Nick was, like, optimistic about it today. He practiced today. Okay, all right. Um, it just, uh, 
you know, until you see the guy out there, it's not a, a thousand percent. So maybe Wancho is the he started a little bit before. Although oh, I, I don't really want to break up Wancho and Thad. Like they have their weird yeah. little mind meld going. Um, long term, yeah. I think I think the question this introduces is, and it's not a, a new or a novel question, mm-hmm. but it's does Vision Six Nine or, or having all of these forwards, does being bigger at the two, the three, the four make up for being smaller at the five? Yeah, that's kind of what they're trying to bet on here. And yes, OG's strong enough. Precious has enough rim protection instinct. Individually, these guys are good enough defensively, but it's hard not to look at the way they've struggled to protect the rim this year. And like, we know that their style is about forcing turnovers and they're okay giving up corner threes. But part of the idea of Vision 6-9 is, well, if you have so much length on the floor that it's it's hard for guys to drive into space comfortably, that can help you make up for the lack of rim protection because right, it's harder right, to get there. Right. And this year they're giving up a lot at the rim and that, yeah. that started trending that way last year too. Um, so that's, that's, I think the long-term question is even if it's not someone who's a 30 minute a game part of your big core, mm-hmm. are you better off being huge two, three, four Scotty Pascal OG? And then you have an actual center. Yeah. And, and listen, this isn't just like, because this is one of the big takeaways after facing the Sixers. is like, damn, we had nobody throwing at Embiid. And to be honest, there are very few people in this league. Like, you're t- there's very few people in the world that you can throw at Embiid, right? Um, but I-, I think even those games against the Magic, one of the big turning points was Orlando was able to really, really protect the paint and also keep the Raptors off the offensive glass. Not only because the Raptors couldn't shoot three, so they can really collapse, but also they had just a lot of size. Mm-hmm. Like they were bigger across the board than the Raptors. And the, the whole idea for the Raptors is at least to create some mismatches, right? Yes, you can see that your, your point guard's small and that your center is small, but you should be big across the other positions. Orlando was like, yeah, we're actually just bigger than you at every single spot. And I think that really played into a factor as to why that was a bad matchup. And you even look at the week ahead here, right? It's like, okay, well, the Raptors don't have... and. You can include Christian Coloco, but I think even if he's starting at this point, like we're talking like 15 minutes a game. Um, So you're going to be playing sometimes small and like Ken Birch is more of a traditional center, but he's still only six foot nine. Yeah, He's not a a huge dude. So you're going up against, you've got this three game set against three teams that don't play super large. It's DeMontis, Sabonis, Nick Claxton, Kevon Looney as the three starting centers guess who has the size advantage at center in every one of those games, not the Raptors. So even against the teams that nominally play a little smaller, like Sabonis 6'11", but he's like a a perimeter oriented guy. He's out. He's got the ball in his hands. He's he's inside out. And when he was in Indiana, he was basically a power forward. So, um, and then like Claxton and Looney are are solid, but they're not like, they're not solid because they're huge dudes. Yeah, yeah. So even against these teams where on paper you'd be like, yeah, that's a team you can start smaller against, the Raptors are still smaller. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, so this this brings me to the next point of concern is just this topic of the lack of center production. And um, I think, look, short term, as in like this week, who do you want to see start at center? I th- think I would go with that. You go with that. Okay. Because All right. I, I think you got to win a couple of these games. Like, I, th- I think you need, I mean, look, you could take zero out of these three and still turn it around, but like mm-hmm. to come out of this week feeling good, if you could take two of these three. I'd be, I feel great about that. Yeah. yeah especially with no OG. So yeah. I, I'm, 
even though the Thad start doesn't set your bench up in the best possible way and you're a little smaller. And I, Gary's starting now too, so you really don't have like creators off the bench. You have chaos agents and like Chris and you have... Yeah. You and know, you got to get more in. even come off the bench right now? Damn. This Wancho would be coming off the bench. W Wancho, yeah. Maybe sir. you dust off Delano or Malachi at some point. I wouldn't bet on that for Nick. <laughs> no. Um, but no, that's... I, I think, you know, starting your most reliable five players mm. and that's not fair to chris boucher but chris is just so no, good I mean, he's, he's really good in his role yeah it's and i, I don't know that you'd want to move him out of that role um but yeah starting your kind of five most reliable guys the guys who no one's been super consistent on this team but that's the closest thing to night to night you've gotten from those guys so right um mm. yeah i just i think the their room for error is too small right now to get too gimmicky with the starting lineup or continue to play Coloco unless they're going to let him play through stuff. Like it's, if you tell me, well, we got to develop Coloco fine, but you can't only play him seven minutes. Then you, you got to be in or out. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing too. Is like, do you develop a guy by letting him get, you know, beaten every single game? Does that, is that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think like for Pascal, for example, obviously that was the last time we saw this, right? The Raptors didn't have, a power four because Jared Sellinger got hurt. Yeah. That, that plan didn't even go. That, that was a bad plan from the start. No offense. Right. But you know, so they, they throw a rookie Pascal into that group. And at first it was like, wow, look at him. He's able to get ahead of the pack for, for, for layups. And occasionally he would knock down these like mid range jumpers along the baseline. But eventually it was like, damn, Raptors really need to get a solution here. And in mid season, they were able to get surge. They're mm -hmm. able to get uh, PJ Tucker as well, who could play a little bit four for you. That made sense. Right. This is kind of screaming to me the same kind of scenario. Like, there is no actual long-term, even short-term solution at center for me because I, I, I agree that that should get a look. I wouldn't even mind if Kem got a look against a bigger guy like Simonis. Um, but long-term, there is no solution here. And this is where I think for Vision 6 9 to really work, having a true rim protector back there to help erase some mistakes and make plays for you defensively consistently, that, that has to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest priority for the front office right now. It's also we talk a lot about versatility defensively. And I think where everyone's head goes when you see defensive versatility is guys who can switch, right? And that's true to an extent. Like part of why the Raptors are so good at transition offense and transition defense, even though they crash the offensive glass, like the Raptors are doing this thing you're not supposed to be able to do where you crash the offensive glass really aggressively and still have a really good transition defense. Part of that is the versatility and flexibility of, well, when everyone runs back, we don't care who gets who to start sure, a possession. Yeah, yeah. That's big. But another part of versatility is, can you play different styles? Can you yeah. match up to a different team? And, you know, some teams might bait you into going zone or playing a drop coverage mm -hmm. or letting a rim protector protect the rim in a more traditional way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want that type of stylistic versatility along with just like, hey, is everyone roughly the same size? Yeah, and, and look... We can look at the most successful roster build for the Raptors, which we all know is 2019. That team had a very traditional starting five, right? Kyle Lowry is your classic point guard. You know, can play make for you, mostly looking to play make, but also can score for you if you need it. Danny Green is as shooting guard as it gets, okay? Yes. Maybe on the low end of shooting guards in terms of, like, more strictly 3 and D, but he knew his role exactly. Kawhi is your, like, classic Hall of Fame, you know, small forward can do a little bit of everything, can score for you, can rebound for you, Boardman gets paid, all that kind of stuff, right? And then you look at Pascal, right? A little bit of a, you know, um, harder to define him as just a power forward, but that season his role was power forward. Knock down corner threes, 
get your buckets one-on-one in the post. Hit the glass. Hit the glass, you know, run out in transition, give you some athleticism. Again, a very, very classic power forward role. And then Marcus Gasol was more of a spacing center, but defensively played a really, really classic defensive center role for you. And then you got guys coming off the bench in Fred who can play up into two-point guard lineups, which obviously we saw in the Milwaukee and the Warriors series. Norm is a classic two guard. Serge is a very classic four five who can kind of play both positions. Mm-hmm. That was your rotation, right? That is not Vision Six Nine. That no. is just like we have a, a group of players who can guard if if it was an opposing team of six nine guys, or they can guard an Embiid, you know, on that side, or we can guard a team built around Steph, or we can guard against a team like Giannis. But you need all those versatility of pieces to get that kind of thing done. Right. Obviously, the Raptors are very far from what they were in twenty nineteen, but. You know, I, I think aspiring to Vision 6-9 is cool, but you really do need that versatility. And look, Vision 6-9 is great if you if all of those guys, like if Scotty Barnes is a point guard and Pascal Siakam is a small forward and OG yep. is like, if everyone eventually slots into those slots skill-wise and you, it's not like it's not a Scotty Barnes is a point guard, it's Scotty Barnes is a point guard, then yeah, that can play sure, out that yeah. way and they're in a bit of a tough spot because the way that vision six nine came about in part because of just who they lost and when and, mm. and what they were able to find undervalued in, in the draft in pascal and og and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. it wasn't really hey we want all of these guys it was just the most important thing at the spots we're drafting and signing is talent and talent is the way more important than anything else when you're building I a basketball agree. team i agree but once you have a certain amount of talent, then it becomes fit and the way things work together and how your system matches your roster and stuff like that. And I think that's the kind of friction point that this front office and coaching staff are at right now. And this is, you know, their time to try to evaluate, like, sure, none of this, like the fit doesn't matter at all if Pascal and OG and Scotty Barnes and Fred don't turn into themselves. Who cares, right? Exactly. Like, who cares yeah. what the fit is? And if they're absolute unquestioned superstars, you almost don't care either because they're just so, yeah. so... Like, Steph, Clay, and Draymond is not exactly how you would have drawn it up. It's kind yeah. of close, but, um, you know, I'm sure they would have liked a, a true center over the years at times. And But, I mean, even look at the team that won last year. Like, yeah. hey, Steph is a... Yeah, okay, Steph is an alien, honestly. Okay, so hard to yeah. put a position on him, but, but clearly a point guard. Yeah. Clay is a very, very classic shooting guard. Draymond is your forward, right? And then you have Wiggins, who's a very, very normal small forward. Mm-hmm. And then you have Looney, who is, you know, maybe not as dominant and maybe not even as big as a usual center, but defensively plays excellently at that position. Yeah, and he just, like, reg- does regular center build. things. Yeah. yeah. So this is where, again, like, it's it's tough because you get all these guys who fit this and like i think it's more like us jokingly have branded it vision six nine than anything messiah and bobby and nick were like this is how we see basketball it just these were the kind of guys that were available and that they thought had the highest upside at okay. 27 at 23 they liked barnes better than jalen suggs even though jalen suggs may be on paper fit uh, the roster build sure yeah. more naturally sure i get that yeah you know, Franz Wagner, maybe. <laughs> no, oh, come on. No, man. we don't need to do, we that. Need to do that. I'm we just have, teasing. We're not down that bad. Okay. I'm just Good. teasing. Happy for you, Franz. Okay. Yes. Like you um, were able to play well. So that's that's where they're at, I think. And, you know, this past offseason and even the one prior, I do wonder if maybe they went 
they went on tilt a little too far the other way after the Aaron Baines Alex Len thing, where it's like <laughs> no, they were so bad. Reaching, the like, no, never reaching again. No for setters. seven footers just to have seven footers yeah. and like not even seven. I think Baines like six ten or six eleven, like yeah, just to have guys who can play that position didn't work out very well. And I think that that kind of enforced to them, yeah, getting. Good players is the most important thing. So just get good players. If Otto Porter becomes available, if Thad Young becomes available, who cares? Just get the best players possible. Right. And that is a really good phase one, phase two of building a roster out. They're at a point now, though, where we're seeing that, yeah, you do need a, a second guy who can handle yeah. the ball somewhere on the roster for the bench unit. And you need uh, someone who can at least come in matchup-wise and play big because – the other thing with the starting lineup that they played last year, and it was big, but like would over the course of a whole season, would you really want Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam like playing well, against fives? OG, I think they're fine with it because he's so strong. Like come on, everyone man. OG's but better when you when you got put him on the perimeter wings and you can really put him on the best exactly. assignments. And you can't really do that when you're always asking to play center. That's the thing to me. It's like if your core pieces are Pascal, OG, and Scotty, and none of those guys really want to play center. Get them a center, mm-hmm. right? So that's got to be an important thing. And to me, my question is like long-term. So we can obviously draft a center, trade for a center, sign on a center. I think most likely the, the option in season obviously would be to trade for one. Um, is there any concern for you that like if you bring in a center that does block that position from potentially going to Precious or Coloco? And the, and, you know what I mean? Like if let's say, you, for example, we trade for Yakapro, right? I, I think you get a bull, the Raptors could do it. I think clearly there'd be a fit, right? You, you bring in Jakoproto, he's you, you re-sign him obviously in the offseason as well because you got his bird rights. Okay, so then when does Christian ever start for you in the future? When do, What's the avenue for Precious to start for you in the future? Or do you just say, like, listen, whatever. You, you got to play well enough to start. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's that. I think it's if you get to that point where one of the bench guys is pushing Jakoproto or Miles Turner or whoever it is, yeah, sure, Dwight sure. Powell, like pick your guy. I was a little bit bigger than Dwight Powell. Sure. I'm just, I just yeah. brought up who's a free agent. This oh, year. Fair, fair, I just fair. read the yeah. top of that list yeah. um, and Pirtle, uh Yeah. He's on there as well. So you can bring in one of those guys and plug that hole now. And if you have to move that guy to the bench later or cut his minutes or whatever, that means that something else has clicked and gone well. Yeah. And I would much rather manage the roster in a way that the, tough questions I have to answer are because too many guys are playing well enough for that spot. Then Fair. we don't have enough guys to play in that spot. Um, I also think just like rosters change so quickly in the league yeah. that like, you know, you think back to the DeLon Wright draft pick and everyone's like, Oh yeah, this is great. Like he's a, he's an older prospect The analytics like him. He can step in and play right away. And you got that, like you got a backup point guard who can play right now at the number 20 pick. And then they turn around and sign Corey Joseph and then DeLon Wright ends up, you know, spending a huge chunk of time with the 905 and never yeah. really gets his role. Like things change so quickly. No, that's true. Roster right. wise. And then Fred comes in the next year and then all, then ultimately Fred jumps him in the rotation as well. Then he's traded and and, right. and now he's randomly in, in Washington. And like that's DeLon Wright. Um <laughs> I like that guy, man. Yeah, he's remember when he remember when he crossed up Kelly Oubre and all that oof. stuff? Man. Oh, yeah, him and Ubre had him. like a thing, yeah, right? I know. That was the most random beef was uh 2018 Raptors Wizards series, Kelly Uber versus <laughs> DeLon Wright. No one could have seen that coming. Um, so that and, and this is where you're at with the center thing too, right? Where yeah. you know you trade for Pirtle, say, and then you re-up them, and then you know, Coloco, maybe Coloco doesn't become anything, and you're glad you didn't hold that spot waiting for someone to develop 
on a timeline that they weren't ready to develop on. Or mm. maybe he becomes a guy and then Jakob Pertl, who's not going to cost you $25 million, that's a decent, you know, poor guy. You trade him again. Uh, hey, and listen, and he's, you know, you, that matches up and lets you address the guard depth or something like that. Like, there's there are a lot of ways to change the roster. And I don't think this team, unless they decide to go the, hey, now's not the time. We're going to push the competitive window down the line to better fit Scotty instead of the Fred Pascal era. If they do that, then yeah, you've tried to draft and develop one. Yeah. If you're not doing that though, you cannot keep punt or not keep. Cause I don't think they've done this. I think it's just the way the rosters worked out. But in this hypothetical, I don't think you can punt on positions of need right now because someone you have might eventually right. be okay to fill it. I agree. That's yeah. a rebuilding team mentality. And if you want to win a playoff series or two, which I think that's where this team is. Mm -hmm. yeah, They're yeah, still yeah. deciding, but right now they look like that. I don't think you can do that. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, listen, we need to talk about the offense as well because that's also a bit of a concern. Do we just, have to? <laughs> I just watched the Raptors only hit six threes, man. That's that's uh, that's tough. That's not even good enough for, for, for the Happy Meal fries promotion. <laughs> the wow. McDonald's, please lower the fries promotion, okay? Drop yeah. it down to like eight or something. There's no way they're going to hit Did you see the reply that I gave to you the other day with the like number of times the fries promotion hit? Oh, really? Oh, sh okay. Yeah. What was it? What was it? I, I don't. I'll find it okay. uh, during the break and we'll come back with it. But yeah, I, I actually went and looked up how many times fans would have got free fries yeah. over the last couple of years. And like, it's comical how low it is this year. Okay. The results will shock you. All right. We're <laughs> going to take this break. I'm your host, Willow. That's Blake Murphy. You're listening to the Raptors show on the Sports and Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Will Lua. Continue to join my Blake Murphy, given that it is a Tuesday at this program. And um, yeah, just having a nice little laugh about <laughs> Raptors media outfit choices. Uh, not like we're super stylish or anything like that. I don't think that that's true about us at all. But Oh, you uh, got your little squirtle pin? I do have a squirtle pin, yeah. I think I'm the only one to actually put a squirtle pin on an OVO sweater. Um, I feel like that's almost the desecrating the brand but that's you know this is a yeah shout out to uh shout out to the water starters okay anyway, I, I thought you were gonna shout out ash ketchum or something oh, like that yeah, shout out to ash ketchum finally becoming world champion yeah finally after like my entire childhood you have finally won took longer to win his first title than lebron Jeez. yo bro this guy was like the boston celtics man one title <laughs> in 30 years <laughs> oh damn i hope they don't win a title so we can keep that joke going all right look we were talking about the three-point woes and we actually made a comment because the raptors obviously have this promotion with mcdonald's where if the Raptors hit 12 or more threes, you get, I think, free medium fries the next day with an order or whatever. Um, I, I definitely know this because there is a, there is a McDonald's near the office. Um, but, Blake, um, you had actually gone through the stats. 
and looked at how many times the Raptors fans have been able to enjoy this promotion over the years. So please represent me with these with these findings. So a little background. Uh, I love tracking this stuff. I don't know if you remember this piece, but uh, when I coined Danny Green yes. the Lord of the Fries because <laughs> he excellent. had hit the most threes that pushed the Raptors into mm. free t- free fry territory wow. that year. Um, so yes, Danny Green had gotten you the most fries that year. So I went back as far as that championship season. So yeah. uh, 12 threes or more in a game. Oh, no. I went one year further than that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I think that's when it started, but Alex would have to confirm that for me. Right. Um, or Alex's mom's app or whatever. Oh, oh, she probably um, has the stats. She's like, I, I, I know Daddy Green's Lord of the Fries. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He had <laughs> you don't have to tell 41. me. 41.2% on the, when it was the 13th three of the game or the 12th three of the game or whatever. Okay. So a couple years ago, and um, this will be, I'll well, just, okay. 43. Okay, pretty good. 44. Pretty good. 55. 55? The championship defense season was 55? Then 59 with a pace of 67. What? If they had played the whole time, yeah. Wow. Um, 48. Yeah. And right now, so 43, 44, 55, 59, 48. Never lower than 43. Yeah. As high as 59. They are on pace. For 27 this 27? year. 27? Oh, my God. No. So what are they at actually right now? That They're at nine. Nine. Yeah. So Yo, we're, we're, are hungry, man. we're like right Raptors. at the one-third point of the season. I think they're they're 27 games in, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, 13 yeah. and 14. So uh, you're one-third of the way through the season. They're at nine right now. So quick mass, 27 is what they're on pace for. It's, Pretty like I know it's an arbitrary cutoff, no, 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 but I mean it's actually interesting to think about it in this in this way because I think if you look at a box score and a team hits twelve threes or more, that's like a decent. Oh, they they hit a bunch of threes tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ten feels almost too low in mm-hmm. the modern NBA. Uh, yeah, not a lot of nights where the Raptors hit a lot of threes. Yeah, so let's jump off there because we're we're looking at short term solutions and long term solutions. Is there a short term solution to the Raptors three point shooting woes right now? By the way, sorry, I just looked it up and the average team hits 12.13s. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, great number. So, they've only hit an above-average number of threes nine times. Clearly, the McDonald's team has, uh, you know, some analytics analytics on their board, man. Yeah, um, no, so the short-term, it's a yes, but a yes with uh, an asterisk in that the short-term answer is guys get back to shooting the way they can. Okay, okay. And that's, some of that is variance. We know Fred's mechanics are off right now. We know OG was dealing with the hand thing. Maybe that affected his percentages. We know Gary was cold for a huge chunk of the season and has turned it around. Right. As much as it's really frustrating to hear this and doesn't make you feel better in the moment, three-point shooting varies a ton. Mm-hmm. Okay. Usually it takes like a full season sample before we can say like this guy got worse at three point shooting or this guy got better at three point shooting with any statistical reliability. So a good chunk of this is these guys are going to hit more shots. You yeah. look into the profile. It's not as if they're taking more pull-ups or tougher threes or more heavily guarded threes. This is a pretty standard diet of threes. They create relatively normal looks, you know, not exactly league average, but not far off of it. Some of these guys will shoot better, especially Gary Trent, OG and Fred Van Vliet. Maybe even Pascal. 
because he's back down to 31%. Yeah. Well, he started the season really well with that. What, yeah. And I think the one but, thing that hasn't come back is a three-point shooting. And he's the guy who has the really tough diet of threes. Like, he's yeah. almost never in the corner well, He's, he's got to be in, like, a good rhythm for it, too. Yeah. Right? For him. I, I just think that so much of his offense, even when it's, like, a pick and pop, like, he needs to, you know, it, it's not like when you're waiting in the corner, you can set your feet. You can, like, you know, obviously know when the passes are coming to you, whether directly off the kickout or the kickout to the wing and they swing into the corner. Like, you can set up really well for the corner threes. You can not even move for a whole possession and knock those down, like the, the classic P.J. Tucker's thing. Mm-hmm. When you're having to pick a pop three from the top, like, that is more involved. Even though that's a setup three, that's a little harder than waiting in the corner. So for Pascal, I get it, and I think it's, for him, a rhythm thing. Look, short-term, that is the answer. Like, you and, just need positive regression. And the asterisk there is, to use Gary, for example, he's at 33.5. He's a 38.3% career three-point yeah. shooter. The unfortunate part is we don't expect him to shoot 42% the rest of the way and even it out. Like, that's yeah. that's not how sure, that yeah. works. We'd expect him to shoot 38% the rest of the way. So. Even if everyone on the team shoots their career average for the last two thirds of the season, you're still going to look at the end of the season and be like, "Ooh, this team didn't shoot threes uh, particularly well." The other thing is, I did this math yesterday. In the half court only, if the Raptors had hit league average on threes during half court possessions, so take okay. out the transition stuff, yeah, 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 that would still only bump them to 25th in half court offense. God damn. Well, there's issues. There's issues with the half-court offense. We're going to get to that next. But I, I think long-term solution-wise with the Raptors, I think it's pretty cooler. We need to bring in more shooters. Have to. And I think we need to bring in shooters at certain positions, too. Like, if the Raptors can get in a spacing five, right? This is where, you know, the Yakuproto thing, it, it sounds great. I think he supports a lot of what the Raptors do. The one thing he doesn't do is knock down jumpers. He's a huge defensive fit. Yeah. Offensively, it'd be nice for Fred in particular to have a rim runner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, the spacing element is not going to be... Right. A ton better. I, I agree. Um, but, yeah, if you can get a, a spacing five. Basically, since Marcus All left the team, I've been looking for Marcus All to come back to the team. Like, And there's not another Marcus All in the league. Like, he was, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's he's such a unique player, very accomplished. It's not like those guys just grow on trees. But that style of player where you can really defend for you and also, you know, space out on the perimeter and be cool with that and also do a little distributing as well. I think that fits the best with Pascal, OG, and Scotty, who all do primarily operate in the paint. So you probably want your five to also operate um, on the perimeter so that, you know, there's more space there. It's why I think Raptors fans have thrown Miles Turner in the trade machine more than just about anyone else over the years. Like defensively, he's a five. Offensively, he's probably a stretch four. Sure. That is the kind of thing you would be looking for. He's probably going to be too expensive at this point. I, I don't know that we need to go down that road again, but that's why it's that type of guy who kind of makes sense at both ends. Yeah. And and I think the other thing with long-term solution for the spacing is like maybe you get a third guard who can really also put up some scoring for you, right? Because that's the other area that I'm looking at is like the Raptors don't get threes off the bench unless it's like Chris Boucher saying a hot night. They're not getting any threes off the bench. So normally where you would get that is from your third guard. Right? And, and what are some of the best Raptors lineups in this era of the Raptors? Yeah, two point guard lineups, which you can't even play right now because of the fact that Fred's struggling and also like Scotty's struggling. Those are, that's supposed to be your, start, your 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 two point guard lineup, right? And those two guys aren't really producing. But anyway, you you, you did get is, a third guard. It is hilarious that the only guy who's shot well from three this year is Malachi Flynn, and he can't get <laughs> Malachi. Is, what else do I need to do? It's it's what pretty amusing. He He's eighteen for thirty seven on threes. I mean. Would you play him though? I would. I've said this. I feel like I'm getting repetitive. That's fine. 
on. I would pick one of Delano or Malachi and just like let them play the backup guard minutes and give them consistent back, backup guard minutes. And you gotta live with it and play through it because like eventually, like like even when Fred's not playing that great, he's still playing so much. Like that's not oh, yeah. the, he the, played the, the entire second half. The in situation a is not going to get better when it comes to injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I I, I do love that at the start of the year was let's get Fred more off ball and then let's get him playing less minutes so we can protect him. And then we're a third of the way in and we're in Orlando in a random December game and it's play Fred the entire second half and make him the number one option as well. Like, do you want to hear an absolutely insane? stat wait, wait more insane than the uh than the mcdonald's stat. go ahead man yeah um so this is raptors adjacent but it does highlight just how this isn't always just a raptors thing where do you think kyle lowry ranks in the league in total minutes played so far oh he's gotta be up there miami's been struggling i, I would say like minutes per game or total minutes total minutes uh probably top 20 fifth Fifth. He is Bro, 36 guy, years old, almost 37. You're 36. Yeah, no, that's uh I mean, listen, maybe that's Nick Nurse's thing though. He 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 trains you to the point where you have three lungs, you know? Yeah. Uh yeah. the guys ahead of him on the list are 21, 26, 24, and KD. Right, right. Who's ageless, honestly? That guy could play until he's 40, 45 even. Honestly, I feel like even then, like I know they've needed it. I don't know that I would play a guy who had an Achilles thing not all that long ago that much. Does anything about Brooklyn strike you as a long term view? That nah. thing is like a let's, <laughs> nope. let's get it while it's good. No. You know? And then there's Miami where it's like, okay, we are apparently really bad this year, but what we're going to do is let Kyle stack up his uh, career numbers so that Hall of Fame case looks better. Yeah. Can we get Kyle back as the third guard? I wouldn't. I would love that if that if that were ever possible. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, um, yeah, the ha- the half court offense. <laughs> I think we have we have five minutes to talk about the half court offense. Blake, every single time you're on, we ask you about the half court offense. The results are always the same. The Raptors are you know bottom five, so they range from you know worst to bottom five. Dead last right now. Oh, dead last right now. Good, good. So there's only only up to go from here. Short term solution, long term solution. Short term solution. Please say there's something. Some of that is baked into what we talked about with the three-point shooting regressing. Oh, but you just told me that if they shot threes even at an average level, half-court-wise, they'd still be 25th. Wouldn't you feel better if they were 25th instead of 30th, though? Would you even notice if they were 25th? I mean, we it's... need to get at least into, like, the 10 to 20 range, please. Yeah. Yeah, you need to see that that blue turn orange on the cleaning the glass page. Oh, man. Um, okay, so there are a couple things you can do better certainly that are within your control okay and w- one of them is ironically you just like play in the half court less and just run even more that's sure, not gonna sure. that doesn't solve the, the half court solve the problem you avoid the problem actually this is a classic uh, example that i go to yes this is also you know uh, we're skewing into my personal life now not uh not um so look there, there are some yeah. things the raptors do well on offense uh-huh. and it's the things that you know when you hear us talk about they get more shooting possessions than the other team at this extreme historic degree. Well, that's not just forcing turnovers on defense. The Raptors are the best team in the league at not turning the ball over, and they're fourth in offensive rebounding. So you're telling me the best thing the Raptors do in the half-court offense is not turn the ball over? Yes, and part of that. Okay. But you know how that sounds. Part of why you don't turn the ball over, you just don't pass the ball a lot. 
Yeah. It's why, and I don't mean to pick on Gary Trent, but statistically his page is very funny. Is <laughs> like he is in like he turns the ball over less than like anyone since he entered the league. Yeah. And then you go and look and it's oh, his assist percentiles are the same. And if you look at passing numbers, uh-huh. he's, you know, there there is a relationship there. This is part of why if you ever get frustrated with a coach running some ISO down the stretch in a in a close game. This is a big part of why coaches do it because yeah, of course, of course. a turnover is way more costly to you in terms of what you expect the other team to do when they get the ball back than if you just miss a shot later in the clock. Mm, yeah. So you give up the chance at a great shot for any shot, but you completely eliminate the potential for a turnover. Yes, agree. The Raptors have kind of taken that to an extreme where we know that they run a lot of isolation in their offense, and part of that is as soon as that offense gets a mismatch, they got to go to it because – their offense, and this is the biggest thing with their half court right now, is Pascal's the only guy regularly operating with the ball who can create an advantage. Everyone else is pretty good at exploiting an advantage that's created for them or when, you know, Scotty's a great chaos player. When when a play breaks down, his vision is, like, unreal. But Scotty at the top of the floor one-on-one right now is not creating a lot of stuff. No, it doesn't go a lot anyway. And Fred needs a pick-and-roll partner to do that. Like, he doesn't have the ability to finish at the rim or quite the Steph level of gravity well, to... Even for Fred, like, he needs to knock down pull-up jumpers yeah. to open up the rest of his game. And when he's not shooting well, it's so easy to, to guard the rest and of And he's game. finishing so poorly at the rim right now that... Yeah. The, and these two things feed into each other. Like, right, if yep. he comes out and he knocks six threes down tomorrow... Guess what's probably going to go up over the next couple of games? His finishing because right. teams got to be up higher on him, and, and you know. Anyway, so all of that is related. So short term, it's it's a little <laughs> bit of just like There's play no better. Answers. All right. That well, the answer no, if you didn't care honestly. about the long term, the answer is just like you got to run even more through Pascal. Like let him go. But I don't like seeing that. This Pascal's I know not a Luca type of player, and it's not the best thing long term because you need the Scotty Barnes reps. You need to figure out the other stuff. Yeah. Long-term, the solution is you need, and I know the front office doesn't like this because they defense is the priority that they're trying to build on. You got to have a couple more guys who can create offense for themselves and for others. And this goes back to the shooting or another guard or something like that. You got to have, like, look at Bones Highland off the bench for Denver. Their bench is terrible, but that guy can create advantages. Yeah. Very key in, in basketball is to create advantages so that you can play successful offense. I wish this had been more optimistic. I Me too, but listen, you know, we, we're always going to hear tell the truth on this show. So um, that does it for us today, though. I'm your host, Willu, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks again to Blake Murphy, our board producer, Derek Brandale. Shouts to Frank Baraska helping us, you know, Best of luck and enjoy that tiramisu. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you tomorrow about the Toronto Raptors.